Another 240,000 Moderna vaccine doses were delivered to Taiwan Friday afternoon. This was the second shipment of vaccines Taiwan ordered directly from the American biotech company. Let's hear from the health minister Chen Shizhong. We will launch the inspection and sealing tests and administer them based on our vaccination plan. This batch is part of the 5.05 million doses we have ordered from Moderna. In the first shipment, there were 150,000 doses, and today we're getting another 240,000. I think it won't be long before the third batch is delivered. They can be stored for up to six months at minus 20 degrees Celsius. It is also quite tolerant of higher temperatures and can be kept between 2 and 8 degrees for 30 days. Every person should get two doses spaced at least 28 days apart. This vaccine offers quite good protection that can reach 94 percent. Meanwhile, at the Legislative Yuan, after a marathon session including 20 hours of cross-party negotiations, the lawmaking body has passed the cabinet's COVID relief budget. The amount approved on Friday was 259.5 billion NT, slightly less than the proposed 260 billion. One project that lost funding was the cabinet's text message-based contact tracing system. The legislative yuan cut 500 million NT from the project's proposed budget of 800 million NT. More than 30 older adults have died this week following their inoculation of the AstraZeneca vaccine. The deaths are still being investigated to determine their connection to the COVID vaccine. One doctor says that regardless of the findings, he would recommend that certain people delay getting the jab. In the four days since AstraZeneca vaccines rolled out to older adults, more than 30 people have died after getting their shot. Although the vaccine has yet to be definitively linked to the deaths, a clinical toxicologist advises some people to delay vaccination. No matter their age, he says, people who have certain physical conditions should hold off. I think that before going to get a vaccine, you should take note of your physical condition in the past several days. If you happen to be in the middle of a cold or if you have a fever, then wait until you're feeling better to get the vaccine. After getting your shot, stay at the vaccination clinic for at least half an hour. Conditions like a fever, a cold, or a chronic illness like angina are all reasons to wait to get vaccinated because they could compound the side effects and create greater discomfort. People who need dialysis are advised to check their inflammation index before vaccination. For dialysis patients, the benefit of getting vaccinated outweighs the risks. And dialysis patients who come down with COVID-19 have a relatively high mortality rate. So in the medical field, all of us believe that dialysis patients should get vaccinated. The health minister says that if it's too hot to venture out, it might be wise to skip your appointment. Sometimes when the temperature is too high, the human body can have adverse reactions. That is to say, when it's too hot out, I'm afraid it's better to hide out or to seek out shade when you're getting the shot. Older adults are more likely to have chronic diseases. Experts say that after returning home from vaccination, older adults should closely monitor their blood pressure, temperature and glucose levels, as well as their overall cardiovascular health. Urgent medical care should be sought if a fever lasts for more than 48 hours or if the vaccine recipient has difficulty breathing, wheezing, dizziness, a rapid heartbeat or a rash that appears over the body. 
Taiwan reported 187 new local COVID cases on Friday, marking the sixth day in a row with fewer than 200 cases. But there were also more deaths than the day before. 21 people were reported dead from COVID, all of them people over 50 years old who had chronic diseases. Taiwan's COVID death toll is now above 500. Health Minister Chen Shizhong said the death toll should start to decline after one week. He also announced a measure to improve care for severe COVID cases. Every day, starting next Monday, a team of experts formed by the CECC will meet virtually with frontline medical workers. Together, they'll review and adjust care conditions for COVID patients with severe symptoms. The Food and Drug Administration has approved the first made-in-Taiwan COVID test kit for home use. The product, which has yet to reach the market, tests for antigens of the COVID-19 virus. According to its developer, TyDoc Technology, it is as accurate as PCR tests 94% of the time when the user is COVID positive. COVID-19 rapid tests move down the assembly line. Some are headed to hospitals, while others are destined for major pharmacies. On Thursday, the FDA said it's approved Taiwan's first home test kit for COVID-19. It's an antigen rapid test by TyDoc Technology, originally developed for use by medical personnel and now modified for home screening. It's said to be as accurate as PCR tests 94% of the time when the user is COVID positive and 99.8% of the time when the user is COVID negative. It requires a nasal swab, taking the same way you might pick your nose, at a depth of just 3 or 2.5 centimeters or so. It is safer than the standard PCR testing, because the virus that's collected, we have an extraction liquid, and its purpose is to kill the virus and extract its protein. All the mutant viruses that are out there today, basically they can all be detected by a rapid test kit. This local kit will join two other rapid test brands authorized recently by Taiwan's FDA. TIDOC says that compared to the two imports, its product can be distributed faster. Taiwan's Enamine Corporation also has rapid test kits on the market, and they're in use today at screening stations. But the FDA says it's gotten complaints that the tests yield too many false positives. It said that at Chinese Culture University, 14 of 314 students tested positive with the Enamune kit. However, all 14 had a negative PCR test result. At the headquarters of Next TV Broadcasting, 11 people received a false positive for a rate of 3.1 percent. The FDA says it will launch a review of the Enamune test kit's emergency use authorization. The accuracy of the Enamune test kit is 92.31 percent. To be frank, our reagent is designed to have a higher sensitivity in the hope that we can detect more cases more quickly. Before reaching the market, these quick screening reagents are all tested in laboratory settings for cross-reactivity to other viruses. However, when they are actually being used, the results may be affected not just by virus interference, but by substances in the respiratory mucus, which may produce a false positive. But now, new options are on the way, set to arrive by the end of the month. Delta Asia and Somnix are importing a home kit product that tests for nucleic acid from the virus. This product is said to be more than 90% 
100% accurate, and Sonic's shipment could arrive by June 28th. In addition, Roche Diagnostics in Taiwan will import an antigen rapid test that has a positive agreement rate of 82%. All these kits require a nasal swab and deliver results in half an hour. With their import, the CECC aims to flush out asymptomatic cases to move Taiwan closer to the pre-COVID normal. The U.S.'s top military officer said Thursday that China does not have the capability to invade Taiwan in the near future. Speaking at a Senate hearing, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley said China still had, quote, a ways to go before it has the ability to seize Taiwan proper. At the same hearing, the U.S. defense minister said no matter the timeline, the U.S. remained committed to supporting Taiwan's self-defense. Meanwhile, Japan's defense minister once again called for stability in the Taiwan Strait. In a virtual meeting with the European Parliament subcommittee, he asked for Europe's cooperation to counter China. He said Taiwan's security was Japan's security, as well as the security of the international community. For Japan, Taiwan is an extremely important partner that shares fundamental values. Speaking at Wednesday's ASEAN Defense Ministers Plus meeting, Japan's Defense Minister Kishi Nobuo called for peace in the Taiwan Strait. One day later, he again urged stability across the strait when addressing the European Parliament's Subcommittee on Security and Defense. Of the situation surrounding Taiwan is important for Japan's security, but it is also important for the stable inter- international community as well. The minister condemned China's attempts at military expansion and once again emphasized that Taiwan's security was important to the international community. Over on Capitol Hill, the issue of Taiwan's security also took the stage. Our position is that we remain uh, committed to uh, helping the defense of Taiwan in terms of uh, providing uh, the ability for them to defend themselves uh, in in accordance with the Taiwan Relations Act. the uh, uh, the uh, three communiques and the six assurances. Um, I think uh, China has uh, a ways to go to develop the actual no kidding capability to conduct military operations to seize through military means the entire island of Taiwan. During a Senate hearing, top U.S. military officials discussed the situation in the Taiwan Strait. They reaffirmed the U.S. commitment to helping Taiwan defend itself following the Taiwan Relations Act. Meanwhile, in Canada, MP Michael Cooper introduced the Canada-Taiwan Relations Framework Act. The bill aims to support Taiwan's participation in international organizations, including the World Health Organization and the International Civil Aviation Organization. It also calls on Canada to let Taiwan's office change its name to the Taiwan Representative Office. The bill has already cleared its first reading. Taiwan is one of Canada's largest trading partners. We have strong people-to-people links and share common values. It is time that Canada's relations with Taiwan reflect the reality that Taiwan is today. This legislation is an important step towards that. However much pressure China puts on Taiwan will be met with just as much support for Taiwan from countries such as the U.S. and Japan. Support is no longer only in the private sphere. It has risen up to the halls of lawmaking bodies and government agencies. It has escalated from making calls to action to enacting legislation. Taiwan's values of freedom and democracy have become something that the whole world wants to protect. 
the international community is taking step after step to defend Taiwan's freedom and democracy from the Chinese threat. COVID subsidies for families started going out Thursday, one day ahead of schedule. On internet forums and social media, surprised parents shared records of the bank transaction, which was labeled as a bonus from the executive yuan. Starting Friday, eligible families can receive their cash right away by filling in an application at designated ATMs nationwide. Insert your card in the ATM, tap on the screen to access the family relief section, and in just a few moments, the machine spits out 10,000 NT. Many parents rushed to sign up for this handout on Tuesday when online applications opened. To their surprise, the money was transferred one day early. It's actually very simple. You go online and provide your personal info and your child's info and then your passport details. I think I filled it in on the 15th. Then yesterday, the 17th, I got a notification that it had been deposited in my account. It really was easy and fast. The proof is in the transaction record. To everyone who applied online the first day, payments were made one day early on Thursday. The transaction was labeled a bonus issued by the executive yuan. Starting Friday, parents can also apply offline at ATMs operated by CDBC Bank, Taishing International Bank and Cathay United Bank. Simply insert your bank card into the ATM and enter your ID and your child's NHI number. If you're approved, you'll receive your 10,000 NT on the spot. Father of five, Mr. Lee, says he's exhausted from wrangling his children, who have effectively been on an early summer break. He's received payment of 50,000 NT, a welcome pick-me-up. 5,000 NT is indeed a lot of money. But what I want is for my kids to be doing the proper thing at the proper time, so that they're not affected by the pandemic. We are all in a state of anxiety right now. It truly is like, during the pandemic, you don't even need to go out. You can fill in your data online and get the money sent straight to your account. At this time, it really is a big help. Of course, with this payment of 10,000 NT, we can buy things for our kids. For example, since kids are at home all the time, parents might need to buy more epidemic prevention supplies. This money can subsidize our purchases. To encourage applicants to use their ATMs, Taiwan's four leading convenience store chains have rolled out incentives. Between June 18th and July 7th, applicants who use CTBC ATMs at 7-Elevens will get discounts on select dietary supplements, nuts and cleaning products. Those who use Taishing or Cathay United ATMs at Family Mart get discounts on ice lattes and Americanos until the end of September. At OK Mart, show the NHI card of a child under 12 to get 5NT off select rice and noodle products. Convenience stores are eyeing a business opportunity and making it easier for parents to stock up on supplies. Well, graduation season is upon us, and under Level 3 COVID alert, ceremonies are totally different from previous years. One elementary school in Yingling went above and beyond to give students a tangible sense of the rite of passage. Teachers hopped on scooters to deliver graduation certificates personally to their students' doorstep. Pink uniform, bags waiting on the ground. They look like food delivery riders, but in fact, they're elementary school teachers preparing to make deliveries. The teachers are playing delivery riders, delivering graduation certificates and gifts to students' homes. The scooters rev up and they're off. 
What's in the bags? Not hot dinners, but rather the accoutrements of a fresh-baked graduation. These twins have just graduated elementary school. They had already watched the graduation ceremony online when they were surprised to see their teacher arrive at their front door. I never thought I wouldn't be able to go to my graduation ceremony. I thought it was a shame. <laughs> I would rather have a real graduation ceremony. For the children, there will never be another chance for an in-person ceremony where they can wish teachers and classmates farewell. But their day was made by a teacher turning up with a COVID-safe delivery of graduation souvenirs. As the Level 3 alert goes on, demand for digital services and hardware is booming. Telecom's providers say that in May, sales of smartphones and digital services grew significantly. Demand for better digital connectivity seems to span multiple generations as more and more vital activities move online. These days, every time you enter or exit a public venue, you have to scan the name register. That's just one of many ways we're using our phones more, leading lots of people to plump for an upgrade. My old phone camera wouldn't scan QR codes. I got it three, four, five years ago, I guess. So I took this opportunity. I came straight to the phone shop to get a newer phone. This mobile network store owner told us that since Level 3 began, demand for mid-range phones costing under 10,000 NT has grown 20%. Many phones are being upgraded by older customers. For older people, it's because they can't scan QR codes, so they come to the store to choose a phone. We can't go outdoors now, so younger people have more to spend, and so they're buying more flagship products to treat themselves. Electronic stores may be less crowded than normal, but this phone seller says sales and repair services are both in high demand. For some demographics, it's still mainly phone malfunctions or urgent issues. We offer online services, so if they have online requirements, they can contact us directly. Asia Pacific Telecom claims that online contract sales jumped 40 percent from April to May, and the number of customers buying SIM cards or collecting their goods at convenience stores grew by 70 percent. At Taiwan Star Telecom, online visitor traffic also grew 40 percent, while overall account sales grew 30 percent. The pandemic is profoundly affecting every aspect of life, and how we use digital technology is a big factor. Zero contact is the name of the game for service industries looking to survive COVID. Let's check out a dessert store that has perfected the art of zero contact sales. Its dessert vending machine offers ice-cold sweets at the touch of a button. On a hot summer's day, who can resist a sweet ice soup? Or how about a freshly shaved ice covered in syrup and chewy balls made of flour or taro? This dessert shop has not had an easy pandemic so far. At first, it had a big impact. Our profits fell by about 50 percent. We were quite worried then, actually. The homemade dessert store was selling 400 to 500 bowls of sweet soup a day before COVID. Since eating in was banned, they've managed to maintain 50 percent of their old profits through takeout. The owner feared that contact with others could help spread the virus, and thus was born the refrigerated dessert vending machine. 
Choose the code of your preferred suite on the screen, pay with cash or digital payment, and you're away. This simple, contactless system has impressed passersby. There are 50 bowls worth of dessert in the machine each day, and it always sells out. It's the first one like this I've seen, so I think it's special and I wanted to come and give it a try. It's so hot these days. I think this machine is quite convenient because it's the pandemic now and, well, this is zero contact. The trend for stores with nobody present is more and more obvious. The improvement of the machines means that we can let customers get their purchases very easily. The response has been great. Because it's zero contact, you don't have to come together with anyone. Almost all our customers make bookings and we sell out every day. If you have a sweet tooth, maybe a dessert machine will pop up near you soon. This is just one way the rituals of life before COVID are finding new ways to thrive. COVID restrictions mean staying home for humans, but for wild animals, it's time to come out. With Sheba National Park close to visitors, there are far fewer humans on the land. Rangers have noticed many rare and protected animals venturing further than normal into man-made areas. Forest trails and mountain lodges are now quiet of human visitors, but they're abuzz with animal activity. In the dead of night, a barking deer appears beside a tree. Its eyes shine clearly in this night cam footage as it peeks inquisitively toward the National Park Cafe. And in the daytime, a mommy swinehouse pheasant leads her chicks to forage and gamble over the paths. In the past, these animals would all stay off the hiking paths or forest paths. Because their park is close and visitor numbers have greatly decreased, they've been making their way onto the paths bit by bit. Xueba National Park closed in line with national restrictions on May 19th. Less than a month later, with visitors out of the way, many unusual wild animals have become more visible to rangers' surprise. I've seen rare and protected animals at Qijiawan stream, like a Taiwan saro foraging around the riverbed. We also came upon two barking deer, a mother and son, outside Xuejian Management Station Lodge. Fewer visitors mean less disturbance to animals' natural habitats and a greater space that belongs to the non-human. Paths and lodges, once dominated by people, are now becoming playgrounds for four-footed friends.